My name is Jack Benoit, the podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Brian. Hey folks, how are you doing? And we have a very special guest, Jay De Niro. Before we hop into things, let's go ahead and get a toast here. Welcome, sir. Thank you, thank you. Boy, you can put about down ketchup. That's impressive. Well, I'm a tequila trigger, so oh, not too much bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I would say not. Yeah. Uh, you in Ohio Valley Wrestling, you're not really known much as a talker. What made you want to come on a podcast? <laughs> I wondered that myself. I wasn't going to be the one to say it, but I'm glad you did because I'm right there with you as far I, as... I guess just because I'm not a talker there okay. doesn't mean that in the 22 years of wrestling that I've done, I haven't talked. Sure. Right? You have some people who wrestle most of their career and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. My character at OVW doesn't talk. Yet. Yet. I'm sure I'll get a, vo- a voice at some time, but I'm an Italian hitman for hire. Yes, you are. My job is to protect Tony Evans. I kind of feel like the dynamic with you two, I mean, it, it's kind of like a Jay and Silent Bob because he talks incessantly all the time. And as far as I can remember, I haven't heard you say a word up until today. And I mean, that's why I hadn't really like talked to you in person because I don't, I wasn't sure how you really are as a person. But um, interestingly enough, they put you with the guy that talks a lot and tells people to hush and you don't say anything. And I, I always thought that was pretty cool. But uh, how is it uh, as far as you and storytelling without speaking? Does that uh, change your, your take um, on storytelling as part of the experience? Like I said before, I've, I've been wrestling for 22 years. So I, I wouldn't say that it's an art in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of depends on the character. I've noticed that being six foot six and 250 plus pounds, depending on what year you're talking about. Sure. <laughs> as a heel, I don't have to talk. I have a, a big presence already. Mm-hmm. So walking through the curtain and giving a dirty look or a cocky look, I don't have to say anything. People automatically are like, he's a douchebag and my job's done. Yeah. Now, if in, in other instances where I've been a heel, I have been asked to cut a promo or something like that. I can. Sure. I've been doing it for a while, so like I can. When you're a babyface, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, I I spent 2011, so 11 years, the past 11 years before OVW, as the corniest, funniest babyface you will ever meet. Wow. Go 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 on. Yeah. <laughs> so continue. I'm interested. I grew up in the projects in Sacramento, California. My grandfather owned a construction company, built my, my, my grandmother's first house, and um, she didn't want to move, and the area kind of got bad around him, and she wouldn't leave, and we were the only white face within about 10-mile radius. Wow. So um, I'm very ethnically challenged. So a friend of mine who was the trainer out in Las Vegas. They wanted to change my character because I was pretty bland. I had a great name. Mm -hmm. My wrestling name for 22 years has been Cash. 
That's we. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Unfortunately, by the time you get to OVW, can't do it. There might be another guy. Yeah. There or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, gentleman in there came up with my name. We're on the way home after okay, my yeah, first TW3. day. TW3. Yeah. We're on our way home from OVW the first time, and he goes, "What are you gonna change your name to?" I said, "I don't know what I want to do." He's like, "Well, you're Italian. Do dinero. It means money in Spanish." Yeah, that's right. I said, oh, perfect. Did you ever think about like moolah or like... I didn't know what I wanted to do because I didn't... You have to also remember too, I have a different outlook on than some of these young guys. I came to OVW and I didn't walk into OVW saying, I've been doing this for 22 years. Mm -hmm. I walked into OVW and said, I've never been here before. I'm greener than anybody else here. And I learned from there up. Do you run into that kind of mentality a lot? Is that something you learned from another wrestler? Is that something that you picked up on yourself? or The training back whenever I, you know, like the training's different. Like, like things are different and different and from uh, different trainers train differently, different areas train differently, different decades or time frames tamed, mm-hmm. uh, train differently. I wasn't in the era you hear about the Triple H's and stuff where they just got the crap killed out of him or even how as he talks about oh yeah his, his oh book, self-help absolutely getting beat up by uh, the anderson but i got <laughs> they made sure this is what you wanted to do mm-hmm. for a month like you just got beat up and not hurt but they put you through the ringer for a month and if you stick to stuck around okay now we'll teach you how to wrestle but i think that respect and that and that that old school mentality of of learning I walked in, I look at wrestling as a job. Sure. If I work at Target and my boss, my ma- store manager, tells me, hey, I need you to go mop the floor, I don't tell him, no, I don't mop floors. Right. So I wouldn't walk into OVW and tell Al, no, I'm not going to do that. Sure. Other people, and no one specific. No, but you other, can name names. It's okay. No, go it's on. not. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if I had names, maybe. Well, no, it's not anyone specific, but it's just that there are. If you ask an Al Snow or a Doug Basham, hey, have you ever told someone that you needed them to do something and them tell you, no, I'm not doing that? They'll tell you, absolutely. I would imagine That's so. just not the way I looked at it. So I walked into this as brand new, created a whole new name, and they Doug Basham asked me, he's like, what do you think what do you think about for a character? And I said, Well, I am Italian. So maybe like some type of hitman or something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any any direction with it. And he said, Well, you're too big for us to do nothing with. Right. We just don't know what we're gonna do. And one day the light bulb went off on in someone's brain and said, This is what we want. Now wrestling in a suit isn't fun. <laughs> no, I would imagine but not. But I'll do it all day long. And I've had people who have watched me from the first day that I, first match I've ever had up until today. And 90% of the people that I talked to said this is the best they've ever seen me look in the ring, best character I've done, anything. So it's be- definitely been a plus to learn from those OBW guys. What's changed the most in 22 years? Students. Okay. you mind to elaborate? Depends on the trainer. I don't think I don't. I wouldn't say an OVW student mm-hmm. because they have an old school teachers. Right. Um, well, it's hard to tell Al. You kind of mentioned on this like concept of saying no, I don't want to do that. It's hard to tell Al know when he. Um, you would think was in the the kennel from Hell match. So, I mean, you know, it's that that guy didn't say no to almost anything. Um, I, I literally asked Doug Basham. 
I said, do you really have people that tell Al Sedone, no, I'm not going to do that? And he said, yeah. And I said, what do you do with those people? And he goes, meaning I'm in a spot because that. That's I, I do what I'm told. I don't ask any questions. I don't care if it makes sense to me. It makes sense to the boss. That's all, all that matters. matters. Was there a point where you learned that, or is the, do you think that's just something about your personality? It's just, it's just the way I look at this business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you will, you, I can't count. I don't have enough fingers, toes. I probably can't count high enough to tell you how many times I've walked into a venue and a promoter say, hey, this is what I want today. And I go, um, wouldn't this make more sense, or couldn't we do this? this? Nope, I want it this way. No problem. And on the ride home, if it's a TW3 that I'm riding home, that was the stupidest shit I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that to him because it's not my promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, TW3 owns a promotion in Green Bay. I'll tell him you're being stupid, but we're like family. He, I, yeah. thought, I thought we'd already figured out everything about that guy. Uh, but apparently there's more stuff to learn. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, First of all, yeah. he's... Oh, a, a, a podcast with TW3 would take you... Three hours, uh, and you we, would probably have plenty more to talk about. I, uh, if we didn't, um, didn't, didn't, and if you want my yeah. whole background, it would take way too long. Well, give us, uh, give us, uh, give us. Let's let's go. Uh, first year, five years, ten years in, twenty years in. First, let's get a story from each one of those. First year was after training. Yes. Yes. First debut, two thousand. No, let's start at training and then go five years in. Ninety nine December. Okay. I was thirty years old. What, uh, anything stick out from that time period? This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, you got this, you got this. And like we were talking about students changing, I can mm-hmm. kind of do kill two birds with one stone. They beat the shit out of you to make sure. And again, they didn't injure you. I was never went home hurt, yeah. injured. I went right. home hurt and sore, but they wanted to make sure this is something you wanted to do. And I kind of, it's hard to do that nowadays because of all the cancel culture and all that stuff going on. I even had the guys in Las Vegas, the, the, the promoter there, tell us, me and Michael Modest, who was on WCW in Japan forever, I mean, he's known. Hey, can you guys kind of take it easy on these students? They pay the bills and we've had three people quit. And he said, I don't want anybody in the ring that wants to quit. That's how you have to, like, I don't want, if, if the two of you come in and train with me mm-hmm. and you're busting your ass and taking everything I give you and he's whining about everything, I don't want him in the ring a year from now. Well, if it was going to be anybody that was whining, it would be. Well, be but, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, no, I, this absolutely. has to be something you want to do. We beat sure. the crap out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time you hit the mat, it's equivalent to a 35-mile-an-hour car crash. Mm-hmm. Wow. Every time. There is an interesting fact I did not know. A normal match, 10, 15 car crashes? Yeah. Easy. What do you think that does to your body? So you have to love this to do it. And right. we don't get paid WWE money. Like WWE, it's a little bit different, but you notice those guys are hurt all the time too. Has there yeah. been a time where you didn't love it? Not once. In 22 years? Hell yeah. I've never, I've canceled one booking in 22 years. What was it? Why'd you cancel? Family stuff came up. See? Perfect. Yeah. And I've, I told my, I have, here's another story. So I'll break down me. 52 years old. Been wrestling 22 years. I have 11 children, 10 girls, one boy. Wow. I've missed births. I've missed birthdays. I've missed Christmases, Halloweens, Thanksgivings, every holiday you can think of, anniversaries, missed weddings. uh, uh, Anything you can think of that's very important for a family, I've missed one Mm -hmm. or more. But 
the, the woman that I was with knew that this was something that I was going to do and I'm going to miss stuff. So you have to sacrifice. Now, not everybody sacrifices that much for this level of wrestling. I drive eight hours every Wednesday and eight hours home every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day we leave. But we appreciate to you wrestle. Us yes, we, we greatly appreciate you coming in and spending time. I, with you, us. you have to, you have to love this, and the guys that don't love this, like, so year one was just a sore and learning. If I could sidetrack ten girls, you're a big guy, <laughs> tough guy. What's your go-to intimidation line? I don't really like my younger sister's boyfriend. What do I say to get rid of this guy? Have me come over. All right. Sure. Let I don't me, have to say nothing. We'll, we'll exchange your number. Uh, we'll I don't have to say a word. I literally, yeah. when boys walk in, I stand up. That guy's a dark. Yeah. And they're. Think you can really take care of him? He's, he's really a dark. I can't stand that kid. Um, so, so, so year one. Year one, right. Learning experience. Fun, but sucked and fun at the same time. More fun than suck. Year one, it was just learning, learning, learning. Year five, still learning. And thinking you got it. You've you've grasped everything. Mm -hmm. Year 10, realizing you ain't got it. Still learning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Year 15, pretty good grasp on things. But still learning every day. And at this point where I'm at now, learning every day. It's a little bit easier, but learning every day. I'm 22 years. I, there's not a time that I walk into a building that I don't learn something. And I'll ask a student who's trained twice if he's at a show, hey, watch my match and critique it for me. Mm-hmm. And I get the weirdest look. No, just tell me what you think. And I do that for one reason. When he asks me a question, I either get to teach him or he gets to teach me. Is, is that... Is that like ability to stay humble? Is that you pride yourself on that? Yeah, because too many people don't. Yeah. And you can name names. I mean, again, you can. <laughs> I don't think he's that gentleman TW3 out names. there is someone who is as humble as I am. Yeah, he is we can one know of the, both of you guys seriously. Like meeting you off mic uh, was a show to expect because we don't see a whole lot of you in OVW. Right, to be right, honest with right. you, like we know who you are. You're a very physically imposing presence. But no, both of you guys are extremely humble. It is, um, as like someone who just watches wrestling and like so badly like wants to be a wrestler, it's it's insane to see someone at 22 years in be as. I mean, I've done. I've been a lot more arrogant over a lot less. (laughs) I have too. This is just. It's it. It all comes down to training. The people that train you, they put that respect in you. To where the guy who trained me in TW3, I helped, well, I helped the guy who trained, me and him trained TW. But, the, the, but he's the same guy that trained me. And he just, he, whether you want to call it, beat in this respect in us that you don't take it for advantage. You don't, don't take advantage of it. Don't take it for granted. Because the, so two weeks before I was in a debut, I was, and, and this gentleman was at OVW a couple of times. He's in Wisconsin. Um, his name's Joey Avalon. Mm-hmm. Me and him. Oh, the, I've heard of him. I think, yeah. yeah, I think TW3 said he is one of the best wrestlers. My opinion, besides TW3, best in the Midwest. Okay. Wow. Speaking Chicago, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, uh, and Michigan. 
that four state yeah, area. That, that territory. Best in the Midwest. Him and TW side by side. We started training together. I, well, I was about three weeks ahead of him. I was just getting my finished getting my ass beat when he came in and started getting his ass beat. Um, <laughs> but they were going to put us together as a tag team, so we trained together. And two weeks before the show that we were going to debut, we were having practice matches, and I hit a Styles Clash, and he touched You're his chin. Guy well, that. I wasn't then. I was 6'6", okay. six, six, but I was only about 180. All right. I just wanted to say, you're about 180. I was skinny. Yeah. So I hit the Styles Clash, and he tucks his chin. Well, on a Styles Clash, you have to arch back. Yeah. And when he tucks his chin, he broke his neck. Ouch. Ten years didn't touch indie wrestling. Then came back when I was in Vegas, started indie wrestling, and is one of the best guys I you can watch. Wow. Entertaining, uh, it's just insane. Do you mind if I ask what that, um, what that's like to injury someone? I quit for three months. And I don't, really? I, I really don't want to make, but no. you're the first person who's ever mentioned something like that on this podcast. And as a mm-hmm. fan, like I said, uh, this is kind of a unique opportunity for me. I didn't know. I just knew I performed a move and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I was done. One, I was scared. Mm. Sure, naturally. Yeah. For something like that to happen to me. Yeah. It felt like crap. Then it didn't help that I went to the hospital to see him two days later, and he's in a halo, which if no one knows what a, if someone doesn't know what a halo is, it's a big ring with bar around your head with bars going to your shoulder, and there's screws in your temple pulling your neck up. And it's attached to weights, and right. it's pulling your neck in place. So he can't move, and I walk in with my trainer, our trainer, and he looks over at the door, and he goes, Hey, Mom, this guy that broke my neck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, and I just dropped my head down, and I went over, and I apologized, and he said, Hey, things happen. And I told the trainer when we left, I said, I'm done. And me and my trainer became really good friends. We were really good friends. We played football together. And... uh he brought the tape over of the match and he had me watch it back and he said it wasn't you were there mistakes that you could have what it was was where I was standing was too close to the corner but I was already holding him and if anyone don't know what it is he's his back his butt is under my chin and he's upside down we're both facing the same direction I noticed that I was too close to the corner so I kind of looked over his crotch and said, I'm moving out. And I took two steps. And as I jumped, he looked up and said, what? Oh. So when we landed, he was in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. But from looking at the tape, he, it, he moved in that position. My mistake was talking and not waiting for confirmation. So it was a combination of both of us. And yeah. I take way more blame on it than he does because I'm six of a six and he's six foot three. I know business doing that stupid cruiserweight I really, shit i really appreciate you answering that i hesitated to ask but it just oh. i'm an open book anytime you guys have podcasts if you ever invite me back i'm an open book oh you'll be, oh, back. You'll be back. Oh, back don't worry about for that. sure <laughs> no doubt about it do you mind um here in conclusion to uh well first actually i want to ask you um how you ended up in ovw is that, is, that was a question that I had on my list that I didn't um, get to yet. TW3 was coming up from about March to September, <clears throat> I believe. And I knew he was coming up here. And uh, his ride had, for about a month, had stopped coming with him. So he was driving by himself. Now, he worked 
at the time for a company where he had Thursdays off, but he had to be at work five o'clock Friday morning. So he was leaving at five o'clock in the morning on Thursday and getting in his car and driving from the end of the show back home mm-hmm. by himself. Well, I had Thursdays off. So I said, why don't I go with you? I'll go up there. I want to see Davis Arena. It's nostalgic. It's where so many big names came from. Sure. It'd be badass. So the first day I came, I had also done some shows with Al Snow, and I know um, Cal Hero's father, um, Dave Hero. Mm-hmm. really good friends with um, Al, and he had seen me around. And I, either him or someone else said, hey, you should get your license. I'm, again, six foot six and 260 pounds. Yeah. And so um, I got my license that week and started coming back. And I think it was a good month and a half that I was coming up and doing nothing. And then they put me in a couple of dark matches. And I got on TV a couple of times. And I was doing dark matches. And then the whole De Niro thing took off. It just kind of writes itself. Sometimes. And it's really funny that because I feel like I'm a good, I can cut it. I, I can talk. And usually put that, they put a Tony Evans. He's kind of like a Paul Heyman. They put him with someone... Yeah. Which is kind of ironic that Paul is with Roman now that Roman is cutting such great promos, right? But normally, Paul Heyman would have been with the old Roman Reigns who couldn't cut a promo. So he shuts the hell up because Brock is horrible at promos. That's one of the big, like, so I've seen Brock Lesnar in person once, not to totally distract him. (laughs) And I knew what his voice sounded like, but when you hear it in person, you're just kind of like, oh, well, and he just I like, can fight you. Wrestle, <laughs> wrestling wise, he just like yeah, he says what he needs to say, but it's just not it doesn't it's not believable really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they have Paul there because Paul's amazing. He well, is. Tony would be perfect with a new manager who wasn't good at promos. But I'm so glad he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad he's not. I I know that uh well sorry sorry to cut you off. You No, that. you're good. Uh, no, no, please go ahead with how you ended up in. Oh, and so, yeah, so uh, I just kept coming with him, and they started putting me on shows and periodically um, here and there. And then we both got in situations where I wasn't working, so I was getting my unemployment, and I've done construction work for a long time because my grandfather owned a business, so I have a friend of mine who does remodel work. So I work Mondays and Tuesdays, Sundays, Mondays and Tuesdays with him. He just throws me a little cash, and so I'm making as much money as I was working, and I can come up here Wednesday through whatever I need to. And by work, can you, you how many legs are you breaking on a regular basis? It's not you said, oh, I work construction for cash. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, is, how many unions have you busted up? <laughs> and it's funny, too, because the commentary guys just say, well, we heard De Niro paints houses. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Irishman. There's a couple things, too, that my co-host, Brian Hines, wanted to ask that I I think they're not wrestling related, right, Brian? Just to to touch on some of the things that uh, we've talked about over the course of uh, the evening. So you didn't get into wrestling until you were 30? Yeah. It's an interesting career change for a 30-year-old. What what made you decide so, at thirty to you know what I think I want to give this a shot? What were you doing for that? He needed a job where he could have a fake name in a different town every single night. Oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I'll make it as brief as possible. No, when I lived in California, uh, group like I said, born and raised, I've always loved wrestling. But the only wrestling I like school that I ever heard of was the power plant. Well, the power right. plant was like six grand. 
and then you hear all these horror stories where they just beat the shit out of you and and you don't really learn anything and I didn't have six grand anyway. And it's really odd because Sacramento has like four indie feds. Really? And I didn't know about them. I'd never been to a show, didn't know anything about it. And so when I moved to Wisconsin, I literally was here for a month. And I was, uh, I woke up like on a Saturday morning, middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, used the bathroom. And my TV was still on from the night, from that, going to bed. I'm like, huh, wrestling. Must be the raw recap. Because I used to put the raw recap on like local TV yeah. late at night to yeah. tell you, show you what was going on. Right. Go use the facilities, come back, lay down. And I'm watching and I'm like, this, <laughs> this is not raw. What is this? So then I'm kind of watching, kind of watching. Well, it was the local company who had TV at 2 in the morning. Oh. And they had a whole hour with no commercials. So they had their own commercials. So they'd do a commercial for their sponsor. And then they promoted their school. And they oh. said, have you ever thought about being a professional wrestler? And I said, well, yes, I have. And the rest oh. is history. Would you like to learn how to yada yada? Yeah. Well, yes, I, I felt like it was talking to me specifically. Huh. And then it said, call this number, $100 tryout fee, yada yada. So I called the guy and the rest was wow. history. But I was 30 years old. Well, I was 29. I was almost 30. Still, though. Yeah. I mean, so that, that was the only thing that, that was the only thing that, any earlier than that would have, wouldn't have worked anyway, because I was 180 pounds at that time. Yeah. And I've always been really thin grow, growing up until like 35. So uh, younger, maybe I would have got in the gym faster and gained some weight and stuff, but I just... I was pretty sure that WWE was never going to happen. And, and Kenny King out of Vegas asks students all the time when he does seminars or the students out there in Vegas, why are you doing this? And if they don't say to, to progress and get to the next level, he says then it's like... You're in it for the wrong reason. You're in it for the wrong reason. You should want to get better and go to the next level. Oh, yeah. There's just never been a level that I felt like at my age until now with the... And TNAs, when TNA came out, it was like, ooh, maybe. Yeah. And the AEWs, oh, okay. WWE's just not an option because they, if you look at their performance center, there's not anyone over 25 years old in it. Mm, unless no. their dad was a wrestler or their mom was Yeah, a like a legacy or something. So I've done, some, I've done some extra work. That leads to what I was going to go to next. Okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, intimidation earlier for uh, the boyfriends or potential male suitors of your daughters. Um, <laughs> you're into the horror, aren't you? Yeah. What, what's that like? What, uh... I did. I, I worked at uh, Eli Roth's Goratorium in Vegas. It oh. was a year-round haunt. Okay. That's really? where I... That's where I, I mean, I've always been a horror fan. Sure. Uh, movies and whatnot. I mean... I was born in the 70s, so well, yeah. the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. My son and I just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre the last time. They're amazing. Came I mean, they're fun to watch now because you're like, really? Yeah. But I the, don't know. Texas Chainsaw, I watched that for the first time in a while a couple uh, weeks ago, and it is still legitimate. Oh, and and Nightmare, too. My 13-year-old yeah. my watched the original Nightmare uh -huh. and lost her mind. She's like, yeah, I'm not sleeping ever again. And yeah. I'm like... I look at it and it's like you see horror movies now and it's like you should show this could be so much better. But mm -hmm. you know the the remake horrible. Don't they they can't ever remake it again because if Robert Engel's not going to do it, they can't do it. No, 
No. That came out when I was probably, what year was that, 83 or 84? That would make me Four. like seven or eight. Yeah. And yeah, that I was almost graduating high school. The, the living daylights out of me <laughs> being that. So yeah, I mean, I did this, I was doing this thing for a while too. Last year I did it. It was a, it's a contest for. Right. Yeah. A contest to, you win, um, I think it's 13 grand, a photo shoot with Jason Voorhees or the character. I, I don't know what the photo shoot consists of, but the character, the person who played Jason is in the photo shoot with you. I think they said a spot on an independent film and front page on a horror magazine. So I made it to the final five last year, and I, I didn't win. And then uh, I got eliminated pretty quick this year, but I think it was because the people who were voting for me last year were like, oh, I didn't win last year, and I don't think they were taking it as serious this year. Ah, uh, what are those people? But we had a bunch of OVW guys on it this year. It was me, Damone really? was on it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's very fitting. Uh, the girl that's with The Fallen... Uh, Shauna was on it, and then Damone's sister was on it. Oh, okay. So there was a bunch of us that we know that was on this year. Good deal. He's still, he's still, he's still in the running. He's still in the running. So wow, I did not know that. Yeah. I, I saw where you had uh, done that, and I wanted to ask you about it, but uh, I didn't realize it was a, a yearly thing, and other people were involved. But yeah. uh, I'll have to go and do some research and, yeah. and check that out. Well, he can't buy win anyway, and you're doing pretty good. So. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, it'll be right. all right. It'll be all right. Do you mind to plug your social medias for us real quick, man? Um, Jaden Arrow on Facebook. You can look up Jaden Arrow on Instagram and TikToks. I don't have uh, Twitter because you have to you have to tweet every day multiple times, and I just don't have time. Yeah, I'm not on any of it, so I, uh, I, I washed my hands of that, that beast a long time ago. Jay Nero, thank you so much for stopping by the uh, Ohio Valley No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Hopefully thank I can you. come back and speak with you guys some more. Yeah. Give me some stories. Anytime. Stories only.